Hi, welcome to Astrobabble. I'm Donna from Donna B Astrology. And I'm Linda from Scullywag Astrology. And we're going to be talking about the full moon, um, the eclipse full moon. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's going to be happening on May 16th here in the United States. Mm -hmm. At least on the yeah. East Coast. <laughs> yeah, in uh, the East Coast, it will be just after midnight, 12.14 p.m. on the 16th. Uh, Central time, it will be 11.14 p.m. That will be on the 15th of May. Mountain time will be 10.14 p.m. And Pacific time, 9.14 p.m. And in the UK, it will be 5.14 a.m. on the 16th of May. And in Australia, on over in uh, Perth, on the West Coast, it will be at 12.14 p.m. 16th of uh, May. And on the East Coast, it will be 2.14 p.m. on the 16th of May. That's a lot of time zones. <laughs> yeah. But hopefully everybody will... Um... Uh, you'll be able to see this only if you're on the dark side of the planet. So uh, if you're in the light, you're not going to be able to see it. Um, and this is going to be going over. It's, it's just going to be a partial. Is it a partial or a partial? No, it's a total eclipse. Total lunar eclipse. Okay. Mm, so mm, those people who are going to yeah. be on the dark side are going to have quite a show. You can view this safely. Yeah. Unlike yeah. the solar one. Yeah. Yeah, to be a total lunar eclipse, it needs to be within three degrees and 45 minutes of one of the nodes. So, yeah. Wow. Okay, great. So we'll bring up the chart. Okay, while you're doing that, I'll talk about the uh, 19th Moon Mansion, according to the um, uh, Ben Dyke's book on choices and inceptions, where he has a list of the moon mansions. And it's good for sowing, like planting seeds or besieging. Um, it's good for litigating journeys, um, but not for keeping stuff safe with other people. So don't leave stuff with other people for safekeeping. It's not good for a water journey. It will create a wrecked boat is the, uh, oh. the mansion for that one. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Always good to plan ahead. Mm. Okay, so this is the um, this is the chart that we have up, and you'll see that the sun is a circle with a dot in the center of it, and, and it's in Taurus right there, and it's going to be opposite mm -hmm. because this is a full moon. This is going to be opposite the, and it's going to the moon is going is in uh, Scorpio. And like I said yeah. before, that is in the 19th Moon Mansion. Mm -hmm. So that's 25 degrees Scorpio, 17 minutes. Yes. And the uh, south node is at 22 degrees, 31 minutes. So that uh, is within that three degrees and five minutes. So that's the just made it from the looks of it, though. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, it's just starting. Yeah. And these, these cycles last, um, or they're every 18 years. The moon is the metonic um, cycle. I'm not quite sure about that, but that is every 19 years. And I don't know too much about that, but it sounded very interesting when, I was, when we were looking it up. 
earlier, but this yeah. eclipse cycle will have a lot to do with um, um, the 2004 um, eclipse cycle. It's 2003. In, that's for the metonic one, but for this eclipse cycle, it's uh -huh. 2004, um, 1986. Mm -hmm. 1968, 1950, 1914. Those are the when the eclipses were happening. So that time period or those years, if things are starting to feel a lot like those years, this would be why. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's the same kind of eclipse cycle. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So if is there anything oh. else that we can cover generally about just briefly because you brought up the metonic cycle i've just brought up the chart for the 15th of may 2003 so 19 years ago when we had another total lunar eclipse it was at 24 degrees scorpio 52 minutes so not in the same degree but very close to it i mean 52 minutes it's almost at that 25 degrees so, yeah, it'd be interesting. Maybe you've got the 18-year for the Saros cycle, which is the solar eclipse. And then if we're talking about metonic cycles, we're talking 19 years. So, yeah, just uh, thought, since you brought that up, I thought I'd bring that chart up. Great. But back to our scheduled program, the uh, 16th of May 2022 lunar eclipse. Yeah, um, for this particular lunar eclipse, it is, Saturn is directly at the midpoint. So I think that's going to be a critical um, area. If you have planets yeah. that are in Aquarius around 24 degrees, 25 degrees, I would think that that would be a little critical for you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not only square the um, the lunar eclipse node, but uh, you've got Saturn sitting right on top of it. So, and a very strong Saturn too, because it's in uh, Aquarius, which is ruled by Saturn. So, could be uh, rather difficult for people with uh, planets there. Yeah. And we have Mercury retrograde at the same time. Mercury will have been retrograde for looks like about six days. And we have um, Mars and Neptune, sextile, the sun, the moon at the time. So, yeah, I'm wondering how that goes because Mars conjunct Neptune can sometimes sap your energy or so, yeah, I imagine this eclipse, lunar eclipse, might be quite draining for some people. Yeah, it could, yeah, because the um, full moons are, are um, they symbolize endings and things that you're going to be ending. So uh, it, it mm -hmm. very well could be that you're wrapping up some things. And if this is happening, if you are yeah. a Scorpio rising um this will be happening in your first house so if you um happening in your first house is 
uh, personal things that are that you're we you would be stopping. So like if you are finishing up um, school or you want to be clean out a closet or just things that you have been wanting to do yourself to finish up is that would be the energy to start doing that as well as um, losing weight. I have to say when the, whenever the moon is waning or getting smaller, which after a full moon, it will be, it's a good time to reduce whatever you don't want in your life. It goes on many different levels. And if you're a Libra ascendant, uh, this will be happening in your second house. This is the house of your income, finances, your resources. So there could be some sort of endings or sudden surprises or shocks to do with um, these sort of matters. And it might be more emotional than an external event because lunar eclipses do tend to be a little bit more emotional. So, you know, perhaps if spendings has been out of control lately, maybe there will be a, you know, a bit of a shock to the system. Maybe, you know, you'll go too far. That sounds a little bit dire, but probably not. But, I mean, your emotional reaction, your emotional, there might be something regarding those topics and there might be a kind of a turning point or, yeah, a turning point sort of thing something might come out about one of those subjects and it's just like, you know what, that's that. There needs to be a different way. Or maybe, you know, you're getting a better job and, you know, that allows you to do something else. Or maybe you're retiring at this time or maybe, you know, suddenly out of a job or something similar. It might set you on a different path. Right. And especially the, uh, the South Node is in there, so it definitely could be yeah. a loss of something. So I keep an eye on that. Nothing, it shouldn't be dire. It's 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 not like planetary uh changes happening. It's just it's a lunar, and that is that is more internal as opposed yeah. to the the, the 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 solar eclipses are more external and this is more internal. So yeah. you do have some how you think about it and how you perceive the world is maybe how you can respond. So watch that, how you are perceiving it. You know, if you don't like how it's going, yeah. make sure you're perceiving it correctly. Mm -hmm. I would, maybe that would be the best advice. Anyway, uh, moving on. <laughs> if, um, if, if you are a Virgo, this is going to be happening in your third house. So those things in your community that you are wanting to end or bring to, you know, uh, a, a final stages of an event, it would be uh, something that you could be working on for sure for now, as, you know, fall and the moons are for endings. So if you, yeah, any kind of event, I would think it would work out. Could, um, yeah, could involve a sibling too, or it could be something happening to a sibling. Yes. And if you are a Leo ascendant, this is happening in your fourth house of home and family. That includes your parents, uh, also real estate matters. So yeah, it could be changes going on to do with your parents. It could be something to do with real estate or your home or living condition. So, yeah, it could be some surprising news. 
it's also the family heritage, your roots, your ancestors, your homeland. So something coming to light regarding those matters could be emotionally surprising, revealing or shocking. Yeah. <laughs> That's hopefully not too revealing or shocking. <laughs> um, if you are Cancer rising, this is going to be happening in your fifth house. And uh, that is your creativity. That is uh, your children. Could do anything that you, that you do for fun. Um, that's the house of, of fun. So uh, finishing up any of those things. Um, maybe your kids are, you know, getting out of dance, you know, it's with the spring here and the summer about to start in the northern climates, you know, school functions tend to end and, you know, all that, those concerts, you know, they've been working all year for and they start happening right about now. <laughs> I know for sure it does in school. Yeah, I had my first child. 12 days after a lunar eclipse in my fifth house, which was opposite my moon. So, yeah, so pregnancy, childbirth, all that sort of thing could be happening roundabout for cancer ascendants too. Obviously not all of them, but it's uh, a possibility. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> what are we on to? The sixth house, right? And, yeah, yeah, Gemini. If you're a Gemini ascendant, this is happening in your sixth house. This is the house of illness. It's also pets and people that work for you or that you work with and uh, service, service to others. So there could be something surprising or unexpected come to light uh, during this time regarding one of those matters. Right. People could quit if you are, if you are employing them. Yeah. I'm just looking at that south. <laughs> at the um south node there too because it that, that does have yeah. that does have that tendency to pull things away yeah maybe um you know i'm thinking of pets too maybe make sure you know fences are secure and all that sort of thing or, or yep or, or grooming want... haircut mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah I, I was thinking more about you know a pet kind of getting lost or, you know, running away at this time. Yeah. Yeah. That is so heartbreaking. I, yeah. <laughs> and then if you are in, if you are a Taurus rising, this is going to be happening in your seventh house. And that is the house of the other. And you might be finishing things with the other, or you might be changing up the relationship or you're, or you're finally able to get that that one appointment with you know the one person that you have been having a hard time getting an appointment with that that would be a uh, a full moon um, example for the the house of the other because that's that's where the uh, full moon's going to happen for you if you are a Taurus rising. Yeah, and you're an Aries ascendant. This uh, lunar eclipse is going to be happening in your eighth house. This is the house of other people's money. It includes things such as debt and loans. It's also inheritances and, um, yeah, shared finances, 
taxation, insurances. It is also the house of death. Not that that necessarily means if it's happening in your eighth house, somebody's going to die, but it is a possibility and it will happen for some people. So, yeah, it's it's a hard house. It's a difficult house. And, you know, when we talk about death, I mean, it could be something as simple as because this is the lunar eclipse and because it is emotional, it may be something like, um, you know, you've had a bit of a health scare yourself or been in a situation, it might be grappling with your mortality because it's also the house of anguish and worry. So, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's really not a good house, but it, it is, you know, it's, it is a part of life. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And if you are a Pisces, are we on Pisces already? Um, this is going to be happening in your mm -hmm. ninth house. This is going to be uh, yeah, culminating of, of higher education. So if you have, you know, been working hard at a class and you have graduated from it, this would be a good uh, full moon event for you. Um, higher education, but also litigation as well. If you are waiting for a court, this would, this might be um, calling you for a court. Yeah, it could be some surprise developments to do with that court case too. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's an eclipse. So, you know, sometimes you get those surprising or unexpected things cropping up. So, yeah. Hidden things brought to light is is the signature mm -hmm. of a lunar eclipse for everybody mm -hmm. so it's all kinds of hidden things that could be brought to light yeah and if you're an aquarius ascendant this is happening in your 10th house of career and public reputation so this could have something to do with something coming to light at work something surprising or unexpected uh, could be to do with bosses or authority figures in general. It, uh, it's also your public reputation, so notoriety and fame. So, you know, maybe you're honoured at this time and, you know, it's come completely unexpected out of the blue and, you know, um, something that affects you emotionally or it could be to do with work. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. Um, in the 10th house, that's at the top of the chart. So everybody's looking there. <laughs> yeah, very visible. Yeah, so behave. You don't want to get caught out. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you don't. And if you are a Capricorn, this is going to be happening in your 11th house. And that is the house of friends and groups and people that you associate with and people who would support you in maybe even your job so uh yeah this would be all kinds of people who support you and that those things could come to an end or they could come to um a change or or everybody has you know done their part and everybody's coming together for that final you know that final thing so with the full moon that's kind of the close it's it's kind of a closing kind of um energy mm -hmm. Yeah, you've kind of got your peak and it's it's all downhill from there. <laughs> I'm very morbid tonight, aren't I? 
well, if you're if you're immutable sign, you you like the uh, you like that. You know, you're ready to. <laughs> I know somebody who who, okay. who is who every when there's a party, it's like as soon as the party starts, they're ready to stop it. It's it's they're they're ready to start doing the cleanup. Oh. So, <laughs> there are those people oh. that are out there. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, so that, that will be the energy for the 11th house is your groups and things like that coming to a close and end, or you're, you know, deciding to get, you know, people together and finally doing the thing you've been working for. Sounds good. And if you are a Sagittarius ascendant, this total lunar eclipse is going to be in your 12th house. So this is the house of our undoing. It's addictions and escapism. It's places of confinement like prisons or hospitals. It's rest and retreat. It can be spiritual. Uh, so something surrounding those matters might come to light or um, some unexpected event uh, concerning those topics may be on the cards for you. Having said that, we've gone through the houses. With the eclipses, it does tend to be if you've got planets, natal planets or chart points that are very um, close to that eclipse degree. So that would be the fixed signs. So it would be 25 degrees. So say 23 to 27 degrees of Scorpio, Taurus, Leo and Aquarius are probably the most likely to uh, feel the effects of this eclipse. Right. And in the uh, 12th house, um, hidden enemies are a number, especially oh, yes. because of the eclipse, because <laughs> the eclipse brings out things that are hidden. So hidden mm -hmm. enemies are very yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. good topic out there. To be yes. watchful of. Very interesting. <laughs> Are you ready for the um, aspects? Well, I, I thought you were going to do your your oh, stone next. Stone, that'd be great. Okay. Um, I want to talk about sodalite. This is a blue stone. Um, it's blue and it has these white lines in it. And those are, that's white calcite is what that is. Um, and okay, so this has, and it works with the third eye. So the third eye is, is right here. Um, it, it helps with intuition. It has a Mohs hardness of 5.5 to a six. Um, it is a caloric sodium aluminum silicate. That's the makeup of it. And um, like I said, it helps with intuition. And it is found in Brazil, Canada, Namibia, India, and the U USA. Mm. I think it grows in it grows in masses. I have seen pictures of this where they like literally cut out like the side of a hill, and they're standing in a whole slab of this stuff. I mean, it's just like huge masses. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. When you were saying, like you were talking about the Mohs hardness, how, how far does that go up to? Like, a, what's the scale go up to, say, 10 or? Yeah, it goes from zero to 10. 
So talc would be like something that you could scratch easily with your fingers. And mm -hmm. a diamond is like a 10. Oh, okay, cool. So it's, it's how hard it is, you know, and you yeah. can, you do it with like a, a, a steel nail. Like if you know it's a stainless steel nail that you can, you can scratch it. Cause you know, this, this, the nail is, is, you know, we you know what that hardness is. So anything yeah. that's softer yeah. will scratch or not scratch it. Oh, interesting. And that's how you, that's one way of testing for most hardness. There are the, the devices that um, actually poke into the stone to tell you how mm -hmm. hard it is. They do have things oh, like wow. that, but those are more scientific and I'm sure more, uh, more expensive than, you know, a nail, <laughs> like, a, <laughs> like a steel nail, not my fingernail, like a steel nail. Yeah. 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 So yeah, this is a great um, uh, crystal and stone to have for uh, intuition. If you're if you're if you're trying to um, just get hunches, this is the stone because it, it'll it'll help you um, weed out whether it's a hunch or it's a really good hunch. Okay, it's called sodalite, and it's pretty much. Spelled just like it sounds, soda light. <laughs> so, and you'll be writing an article about that. We'll be writing an article, and it'll be posted. <laughs> Excellent. And we'll put the just the uh, link in the description. Yes, yes, it will be in the description. Thank you. You have oh, been doing welcome. a great job. Is speaking of all that tech stuff, you have been doing a great job on on this this web stuff and all well, of thank the you. postings that you are doing. It's wonderful so you're you're ready for the aspects i am so we have what the first one on the 18th which is mm -hmm. mars and neptune did you want to start yeah. talking about it first <laughs> well yeah mars is energy it's drive ambition it's anger it's yeah just moving forward and then you've got that neptune which is it's you know very nebulous it's very if you look at neptune or if you see photos of neptune there's all clouds and that around it so it's very similar with the planet it's it's very you know it can't be contained and it, and it can at times kind of dissipate or kind of drain the energy from mars so this can kind of really kind of weaken that Mars. And I mean, Mars is in, you know, a water sign. So it's not in its natural element. Mars is associated, you know, with fire. It's, a, you know, rules Aries, a fire sign. I mean, I know Scorpio is a water sign, but just, you know, Mars and Pisces, it's not a natural fit. And, and then you've kind of got this drained energy. Um, you know, it's, kind of quite close to that uh, lunar eclipse. So emotions are going to be and, you know, Pisces is a, a water sign, so it tends to be emotional. So I'm just kind of getting a feeling that a lot of people are going to be kind of like maybe feeling overwhelmed, just, you know, just don't have the energy. Maybe the eclipse is going to drain them. But I just kind of get this... <laughs> you know, ugh, who can be bothered kind of energy feel from it. 
Yeah, well, Mars is a very strong planet, and I don't think Mars really likes being in Pisces. Um, no. I, I um, Spiritual passion could be one uh, mm-hmm. event of, of that um, conjunction there. And the other thing um, mm-hmm. is misuse of power. Oh, okay. Interesting. You know, because yeah. Mars because, is that I mean, aggression. That, um, Mm-hmm. And Neptune, yeah. I don't know where my yeah. boundaries are, so it could feel very, you know, over the line, mm. crossing over the line. Yeah, because, I mean, Neptune can be idealistic and um, spiritual, but it can also be deceptive. So it's, and it can be very much smoke and mirrors. So, yeah, it, it could be underhanded dealings I suppose depending I mean mm, interesting it looks like around about the time that it does um have that exact aspect that the moon's going to be squaring it too so that's interesting yeah yeah well (laughs) the moon tends to trigger things so if you are Mm -hmm. susceptible to that I would you know watch your watch your mars <laughs> yeah yeah make sure it's not getting mm. too and this is going to be in in a retrograde period so the air is going to be erratic anyway yeah so yeah, yeah when- mercury being retrograde so miscommunications easy to kind of misconstrue something um you know delays setbacks and i mean mars isn't the most patient planet yeah yeah no (laughs) no not 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 patient at all not not known for patience at all (laughs) so um so the next one is on the 19th and that's the sun trining Pluto. Mm-hmm. So Pluto is that that guy that looks, you know, it's got his hands like this with the the, the yeah right there <laughs> in Capricorn. It is also in retrograde, yeah. so it's acting a little bit erratic. And you know, Pluto has that erratic um, uh, orbit, anyways, and. And then yeah. with the retrograde aspect on top of that, it's probably very erratic, I would suspect, trining that sun. And that has a lot to do with um, creative power. Yeah, I think with the sun trying uh, Pluto, hopefully in the positive sense of it, could make you feel quite powerful, could feel like you're in control you know, maybe getting honest with yourself and, you know, in a positive way. But as we've spoken before, sometimes with the outer planets, those trines and sextiles just make it easier to um, inflict their uh, not-so-nice qualities. So it, it could be that you're kind of hit by a plutonic-type event could be yeah just feeling out 
have control and like you know life's happening at you and you know that sort of thing but hopefully it will be the more positive manifestation feeling in control and that things are going your way intense enthusiasm Mm-hmm. for us because that yeah, sun and um, vitality and and pluto yeah. is you know intense mm-hmm. known for its intensity yeah intensifies yeah yeah and then we also the same day have mercury sextile jupiter which I believe we had this not that long ago, but because Mercury is retrograding, it's coming back and hitting these planets again, making these same aspects. But this time Mercury's retrograde. So, you know, we're going back over old ground. And um, because Mercury's retrograde, sometimes there's delays, setbacks, misunderstandings, there's breakdowns of machinery, all those sorts of things. So, um so mercury in jupiter perhaps you know when we first had that aspect maybe things seemed like really great fantastic idea but it was too big you know that jupiter expands maybe it was too high in the sky this could be a time to going back to the drawing board and kind of saying okay well we can't do that but maybe we could do it this way if we cut this down a little bit and refine and and because mercury is a great time to go back to the drawing board and redo reanalyze you know edit um reapply so yeah maybe some big ideas that we had uh, a couple of weeks back are now being redefined a little bit yeah that sounds that sounds a lot like what mercury is going to be doing and it mercury is going to be retrograde for what six weeks just about uh, about three weeks. Oh, yeah. just three weeks. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I must Usually be a, about twenty-one days. About the shadow so. period, then <laughs> it seemed like an awful yeah, long time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that shadow period does add up to it. So the yeah, shadow period um, actually starts the today, on the twenty-sixth of April, twenty-seventh of April. What is today? Twenty-seventh. I think it's the twenty-sixth. Yeah, and I think. I'm not sure when it goes up to, but yeah, six weeks sounds about right for the if once you, you figure in the that shadow period. Yeah, if you put the shadow period in, and, and I mean, you know, you you still got issues during that time, so it may as well be the whole period. <laughs> yeah, might as well. I think I started feeling the Mercury retrograde about a month ago, but that's just yeah, me. me too. That's just me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't blame it on any of the planets. <laughs> <laughs> so on the 20th, we have um the sun moves into Gemini. And that's, that's gonna good. the sun um is is pretty happy in Gemini. I think it gets along very well with Mercury because it'll be right with Mercury. Um <laughs> a lot of practical thinking, clear thinking for the and whenever a planet moves into another sign, journal, journal, journal. I, I, I can't stress that enough. If you are interested in, in astrology, you know, piques your interest in even the tiniest bit, 
when you notice that a planet is going to go and move into another sign, something really significant happens, it, especially if it's on a, a very, if it's on an angle that happens with your house, if it's being activated. I know when, a, when the planet, I don't know if I've said this before, but when a, when a planet moved into my 10th house, when Venus moved into my 10th house, I won a logo. So that's what helped me get yeah. on my website. So yeah, it's, it inspired me. So hopefully the sun will inspire you guys as well with uh, moving into Gemini. Cause that, that means fast it means things should things, things yeah. should be moving fast. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this means that the sun's moving from that fixed earth sign uh, into a mutable air sign so when it was in Taurus it was a bit more you know predictable uh, reliable dependable down to earth and now it's kind of a much more it's ruled by Mercury and I want to say mercurial so it's, it's chatty and it's flirty and it's kind of a lot lighter and it's adaptable you know mutable signs are adaptable so that's going to be uh, happening and it will be putting a focus for the next month on a, a different sign in your um, chart. So, for example, you're looking at the, the chart here at the current time, it's got a Capricorn ascendant. So for Capricorn ascendants, it will be moving, the sun will be moving from the fifth house of fun into the sixth house, which isn't so fun. So, you know, depending where, Gemini is in your chart now there's going to be a focus for the next month because the sun's there for about a month yes um and okay so and we're moving on to what is the next aspect we have is that the sun conjunct mercury which is pretty much the same thing with what we've yeah. been saying <laughs> free thinking you know yeah. you have that clear you have that access of clear thought um, as much as you can have with a retrograde Mercury, but it it would it would give you um, you know more focused thought, I would think. Yeah, the um, Sun and Mercury come together in two different conjunctions. One is the superior when Mercury is direct, and one is the inferior conjunction, which is when it's retrograde like this. So this is about halfway through the retrograde period. You might have some clarity of thought at this time. Probably not the best time to actually act on it, though, until after the retrograde period. But this is probably or possibly a time, particularly when it's within, say, one degree of um, the sun, when, um, you know, great ideas perhaps, but kind of keep refining, keep looking keep planning keep um not this is not the time for action yet this is the time for editing refining and um yeah making sure that it's when you do get to go it's it's all set up for you yeah so it's re really that kazimi mark is 15 minutes or 17 minutes something like that it's like yeah. literally right on top of it and, and it's so um, to find out, you know, when that's, you know, going to happen is, is if you can do some meditation, you might be able to get very inspired. 
Yeah, get that. Yeah, the medieval um, habit, 16 minutes for Kazemi. Um, I think the Hellenistics kind of tend to give it one degree, but uh, 16 minutes is, yeah, that's close. Yeah. Yeah. And moving on, on the 22nd, Mercury is going to go into, no, yeah, Mercury's going into Taurus. Because it's retrograding back, yes, it will. There goes all yeah. that free thinking back into being sluggish. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, consistent, reliable, dependable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rather than sluggish. We're being diplomatic here. No, um, but yeah, it's it's interesting because when, and we need to do a podcast about Mercury retrograde because depending on where it is, what houses it is, it can signify different things. So like if it's in your 10th house maybe you're going back to a job that you were at or maybe you're kind of in communication with ex-bosses or people that you used to work with if it's in the seventh house sometimes brings up ex uh, an ex-boyfriend or so, yeah, so, yeah so like if if you were say um a scorpio ascendant when it kind of moves into the seventh house which because it would be the seventh house for you here maybe an x turns up sometimes a mercury retrograde or any retrograde will be in one sign so it's all kind of all about kind of surrounding the same topics but other times they kind of cross boundaries which is what mercury's done here it's started off its retrograde in gemini but now it's coming to taurus so there might be a slight shifting of what areas you're going to have issues with with delays miscommunications or hearing from people associated with that house so yeah <laughs> so on the on the following day are we ready for the following day is it, i think it's the same oh actually mars sextile pluto okay that is on the 22nd yeah yeah um yeah for um impatience ambition with the pluto mm -hmm. and mars yeah. yeah they uh they don't speak of um strategic um planning it's more of an intense event with the mars and pluto yeah, 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 I see that um, Mars in Pisces is very emotionally driven and with that uh, Pluto kind of geeing it up as well, it could be a little bit ruthless, I think, so. Yeah. On a positive side, it could be feeling, you know, empowered and, you know, uh, energetic yeah energetic and you know ready to go out and do what you need intense courage yes that could work Mars yeah. and Pluto mm -hmm. that would be a, a positive sign yeah 
Yeah. It could be. Yeah. And then we have Sun sextile Jupiter on the 23rd. Yeah. <laughs> Extravagant. Yeah. With, uh, yeah. Jupiter and Sun. Um, overindulging. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Um, really nice aspect though um feel good kind of you know enthusiastic um positive um optimistic yes growth growth mm -hmm. happens with uh, you know the sun is the vitality the jupiter expansion mm -hmm. yeah definitely see growth mm -hmm. yeah yeah i like that yeah. And then on that same day, we'll have Mercury sextile Mars. <laughs> oh, yeah, that could be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Mars is with the aggression and Mercury is with talking. So if you want to stay friends with people, make sure you are... Um, you know, you're talking not aggressively and you're not being... You want to be assertive, but you don't want to be angry. You don't want to be impatient with them either. Yeah, uh, Mercury being retrograde kind of muddies the water a little bit. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I think this could still work quite positively. I mean, Mars is a malefic, but it's uh, a sextile, so hopefully quite positive and helpful i think uh, perhaps the courage of your convictions you know um you do what you're going to say you know you think i should do that and you go out and do it but as we said that mercury is retrograde so possibly delays which is not going to make mars very happy um possibly delays or miscommunications or mix-ups yeah it could be it could help Put, um, you know, your thoughts to plan. You know, you, you if you have a plan and you have a thought, it that drive gives it that energy to do it. So that oh, could for sure, yeah, as well help <laughs> situations. Yeah, you know, probably a good idea for you know planning rather. You know, it's not the time for action just yet. But if you can put that drive and energy into planning, it could be quite positive, I think. Absolutely. I like trying to find the uh, positive aspects of all of these. I mean, there, there are some, I mean, the planets aren't all bad or all good. You can't just go, oh, it's Venus, I can relax. And you can't say, yeah. you know, Mars, take cover. You you just can't. You have to mm -hmm. live with them all. So <laughs> that's the uh, yeah. I think that's the challenge we all we all are facing. Yeah. So um, yeah. Next... Well, you know, we've been talking about um, like how the outer planet sometimes when it's a sextile or a trine, you know, it can just make it easier for them to kind of cause some drama 
And, you know, you were saying about Venus being positive. And I remember I had Pluto trying my Venus and I saw that coming up and thought, oh, that will be fun. And, and it wasn't. It was, you know, in my fifth house and it was, you know, one of my children had to have uh, an uh, emergency operation, you know. Um, so, yeah, sometimes it, it's hard to see exactly how it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you've dealt with this before and you know that, you know, you're always having an argument with somebody or you're always, um, you know, falling every time Mars affects you or whatever, then then take precautions. But if you know that it's, you know, sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't, then you can maybe have more agency of how that Mars is going to actually affect you. Especially if you remember and, how and it affected you before. And that's the key. That's why I, I constantly say, write it down, write it down, write it down. It's because if you know how it happened before, chances are, I mean, the planets aren't going to, you know, um, be nice, be nice, be nice, be nice, be nice. And then all of a sudden be you know, treat you horribly. And they, they typically are, th are that way throughout your life, unless you have like, um, you know, a triplicity light changing or, you know, something that would change your life, you know, dramatically, but otherwise they pretty much act the same way. If you are prone yeah. to, the, you know, yeah, getting cut all the time, if you're prone to getting cut all the time, then chances are, if Mars comes around, you know, put down the knife and let somebody else do the chopping, <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that, kind, that type of thing. But yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking too, it, it does depend sometimes where um, those planets are, like what zodiac degree, because like, I, I know that um, when my Mars gets activated, like, you know, sometimes like Jupiter, you know, Jupiter will move into a new sign, but because my Mars is at zero degrees, you know, if it moves into a sign square to it, it just goes, <laughs> you know, it just goes, <laughs> what's that match up for me? But, um, and not necessarily in a good way, but so, yeah, there's all these intricacies as well. You know, this is general and it, it can't replace having somebody look at your chart and say oh okay this is happening but it's also impacting this in your natal chart so exactly mm. exactly and we still have free will mm -hmm. yep yep so uh let's see are we and sometimes moving on? we mellow with age <laughs> <laughs> yes we're moving on we can move on. Um, uh, what were we up to? We were up to, were we already at the... Um, We've just done Mercury and Mars, I believe. Mercury and Mars. Oh, gosh. Then the 24th is Venus um, sextile is Saturn. Mm -hmm. That can be a hard transit. It can be a little bit difficult. It's not as nice because you have a, you have a, you have a benefic matching up with a, 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 a malefic. Um, 
so it can be good. It can be bad. If you were getting married under this, it could be, it could, it could, it could give you very good stability for um, a marriage. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like. This. And, you know, like uh, Venus conjunct Saturn, I think that could be pretty heavy, but I think uh, Venus sextile or trine, and I know a lot of people are kind of like, Ick, you know, it's still satin, but you do need that satin if you're going to have a, a longer relationship. And that's part of life and relationships. It's not always, you know, rosy and, um, you know, rainbows and unicorns and all that. So this could be quite good for relationships. Having said that, that Venus is in Aries in her detriment, yeah. um, but satin's strong. So, you know. Saturn's kind of got the patience for that flighty Venus. So, mm. yeah, it could be um, yeah. a sense of duty as well. Yeah, with the mm -hmm. with the Venus mm -hmm. and and Saturn, and um, difficult love life issues. I mean, if you've got if you've got you know issues with your love life, this could be bringing them up as well. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it comes down to, you know, some people, the idea of being in, in a stable, you know, relationship, you know, sitting at home watching Netflix every night is just, they couldn't think of anything worse. You know, they need excitement and a bit of razzmatazz and that. Um, whereas, you know, some of your fixed signs were probably like this, you know, I'm, Venus and Taurus, you know, I, I see Venus making uh, a sextile or a trine to Saturn. I go, oh, nice. <laughs> and Saturn's not my favorite planet by any means. But um, with that, I kind of think, okay, that's some stability. Yeah. Yeah. And um, also, the other aspect that we have today, again, is uh, Mars is moving into Aries. So Again, when a planet moves into a sign, journal, write it down, <laughs> jot, jot. Some, if you have a calendar, just, you know, jot just a couple of words just to refresh your memory of impatience. Yeah. This is, this is screams impatience. So if you have, <laughs> if you have kids, if you're a teacher, this is going to scream impatience. And, 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 and with Jupiter in that same sign, it's just bigger impatience. It's. Um, that being said, you're, you've also got those starters. You've got those, you know, I have a little kid at home, so I, that's why I can, I can speak easily of this. I, you know, if you, if you have the, the kids and they're like afraid to go do something like jump over a black hole, just, just not, not like a real black hole, but you know, like, a, you know, just something that would be bigger than what they would normally do. You know, you get those, those Aries kids out there first, you know, and then the other ones will follow once they see that it's, you know, just like really a big step, you know, not just a, not, not a whole leap. It's just you, if you can get, if you can inspire and if you can get those Aries children, um, they want to be the lead anyways. They're, they're cardinal signs. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's my, that's my spiel. I do have, I do have an Aries granddaughter. Who's <laughs> <laughs> eight. So <laughs> I've just been experiencing yeah. all that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, um, Aries is ruled by Mars, so this is one of the homes of uh, Mars. So hopefully a little bit more productive. But, um, but you know, they're enthusiastic and they get things done. They can be a little bit blunt at times. They can be a little bit, you know, not not always aware of how they're affecting others. But, yeah, it's it can be enthusiastic and that. With it so close to Jupiter, yeah, that could be a little bit of a concern. I mean, I believe that's going to, is that going to come up? Yeah, that's going to come up on the 29th. Yeah. But, you know, that could be, yeah, well, we'll get to that when we get to that. <laughs> See, I'm an Aries. I'm trying to jump ahead. So, yeah. <laughs> I do, I do have a lot of areas in my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, moving on, uh, we have uh, Mercury training Pluto. Ooh. Yeah. That's uh, crafty energy. It's also persuasive yeah. energy. Yeah, it could be. Mercury is still retrograde, so... Could be interesting, but yeah, intense, transformative thinking. Uh, good for thinking, not action as yet. You know, don't be afraid to kind of that initial idea might need some refining yet. Um, but good for powerful, in depth, perhaps transformative thinking. I like it. For some reason, I like that energy. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> we have, uh, oh, this is not very good. Well, um, it could be. We have free will. <laughs> we can, um, this is uh, Venus squaring Pluto. This can be a yeah. difficult transit. Um for people who are, gosh, you know, intense love. It could be intense jealousy too. I mean, this is, yeah, I, I look at this and I see intense jealousy and that, that Venus in Aries, she's pretty um, feisty. Um, she wants to be number one, she or he, depending on your chart, but I'm calling a she because Venus is a, a feminine planet, but yeah, uh, intense jealousy, could be a lot of friction, you know, used positively. If you like that, that would go really well. It uh, might make uh, making up much more exciting later, but yeah, this could be, I, I think, jealousy issues of uh, surrounding things like desirability or lovability or affection, that sort of thing could be perhaps called into, um, you might be obsessing over things. Yeah, this is, this is obsessive, jealous, um, yeah. It could also be, and this is a danger part for, especially what you were talking about earlier is jealousy and all that. Sexually leveling up is a, um, with Venus square Pluto. If you're 
leveling up. That's make sure it's what you want to do. Make sure that's the energy okay. that's in there. Because mm -hmm. with with the Mars, you know, you just want to keep an eye yeah, on that. Mars is going to be very close. To make sure you know where your boundaries are. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And then we have the following day, uh, Venus moves into Taurus. <laughs> and we can all take hey. a breath. <laughs> we can take a breath. This is her sign. She's in her strength here. She's at home here. She has all of the tools that she needs to get what she wants to get accomplished, accomplished. So yeah, we can all be very happy when Venus moves into Taurus. And yeah. the sun, yeah. The, the, she will have escaped from um, Mars. Yeah. Saturn will be squaring her by sign, but uh, there's still, there's 25 degrees between that. So hopefully that will be very, very mild. Um, but yeah, like you said, she's domicile here. She's in her own bounds. Um, yeah, nice cruisy, indulgent. Uh, it's fine. So yeah, lucky in love is a is mm. what we can we can look forward to. Lucky in love or um, artistic interest because Venus has a lot yeah. to do with the, um, Venus has a lot to do with uh, whatever is pleasing, uh, whether it's whether it's comfortable or whether it's through the eye or, 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 or hearing, you know, it's, it's all, it's whatever, whatever pleases you is, is ruled by Venus. Even flowers, roses are, are ruled by Venus. And with this, with this being in Taurus, because this is the Earth sign, so it's very sensual Venus here. Whereas in uh, Libra, which is also ruled by Venus, it's got that um, air sign, so it's a little bit more intellectual than that. But uh, yeah, very sensual um, yeah. position for Taurus. You know, smell, feel. How do I smell? How do I feel? How does it taste? You know, how does it look? So. How do I feel the comfort of it? Where Libra is the um, sociability graces. I, that's how I think of it. Yeah. The, the Taurus is more of the, yeah. the hands-on, what you can feel with the, 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 the material aspect of your life that makes you feel comfortable. Yeah. Where, where the Libra lends that, that social inclusiveness and the social acceptedness and the social aspect. Yeah. In Libra, it wants everybody to get along and, and be, you know, friends. And, you know, you don't want that discord and the, the disharmony. And I don't think Taurus is quite that um, concerned with that. It's, you know, am I comfortable? And <laughs> exactly. does this feel good? And <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, uh, that, is, that, is, that is the Taurus, um, Venus and Taurus. And then mm -hmm. right after you get all of that, that, that good stuff, the following day, Mars lands on top of Jupiter. Yeah. In Aries. 
Yeah. And yeah. Looks like it's going to be in the bounds of Jupiter though. So that's maybe something of a saving grace. Being in the bounds of a of a benefic? Absolutely. I would think so. Mm. If it's if it's in if it's in your right house, if it's if it's in your enemy's house and that's the tenth house, I'm not so sure I would like that. But um because that could be huge war. I mean, that could be blown up blown up aggression yeah but on the nice yeah. side yeah you know that could be that drive to clean out a river you know earth day was just last week so if you are yeah. you know i have that drive to you know get your groups together and do something big impactful that has it yeah, needs a lot of yeah. drive and 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 energy behind Enthusiasm. it. I would yeah, yeah. If you were scheduling something, that would be like if you were doing electional astrology and you you're needing something like a team to to do something good, that would be an aspect I would try to look for. Yeah, yeah. Because you got that Jupiter enthusiasm and optimism and you got that. Aries, Mars, drive, you know, action, energy. But um, like I'm looking at that and that's going to sit right on my natal Saturn. So that's going to be fun <laughs> for me. So again, it comes back to your individual natal chart too. So yeah, that, that will be interesting. <laughs> oh, how fun. A lot of stability that's going to, uh, to afford you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that'll be fun so yeah and and that will take us up to we must have the new moon coming up in um gemini then yes probably a day or two later because i think that's the last of our aspects yes it is the last of the aspects for that lunar cycle that looks like the New moon will be at about nine degrees of uh, Gemini. And that will be around about the 30th of May. So, yeah. I know Mars is going to be going on Gemini. And I went, just wonder, uh, Mars is going to be spending the last half of the year almost in Gemini. And I'm just wondering if it's retrograding around that point, like nine degrees. For some reason, that's it's sticking out to me, but I could be wrong. But we'll get into that uh, oh, no. later on. You, you got me curious now, Donna. <laughs> you know, we do this a lot. Yeah, I wonder it, how that will look. I wonder how that will look. <laughs> then a retrograde at 25 degrees of Gemini. And then it's going back to what? Ugh, now you're asking questions. And the only reason I'm saying that is because, you know, with a new moon, you know, new planning. Yes, it will go promise. back to eight degrees. Yeah, it I will go back to eight degrees. To close. So that, Ooh, so that Mars is going to be out of bounds at the time. So that new moon that's going to happen at the end of this month, if you write what happens and what kind of um, influences or, or I want to say messages, but, but people are actually looking for something written down. Um, just something that might spur on what could possibly happen later on at the end of the year. This could give you 
some insight into how that is going to unfold with that uh, new moon. Yeah, it'll be interesting because it'll be a new moon. Mm -hmm. So it's about new beginning and sowing um, uh, seeds. And then when when, uh, Mars is retrograde, I mean, it's energy and action. You kind of can't get where you want to go. So later in the year when we do have Mars retrograde, and I'm not sure if I actually have. No, I don't have it here. Um, uh, when Mars does retrograde, those seeds that you planted at that um, May 30th new moon might be frustrated. And it might go on for like six months. Well, I mean, Mars is going to be in Gemini for about six months if we include the um, retrograde, I believe. Or maybe it's not quite that long, but it's a long time. But around about the time that it does station direct, you might finally be able to get through and do something. But, you know, Mars is going to be out of bounds at that time, which kind of gives it that maverick um, Mm -hmm. kind of, how would you put it? Maverick, but kind of, I keep, I keep, coming up with alternative which is not the word I want but it's just they're erratic. just different and erratic yeah so it might take a change of thinking or a change of action or kind of looking at it from a totally new angle perhaps so yeah so when you're saying that it's what erratic because it's um it's in the pink I know I know it's it's um I know mm. how you, you have um anyways what that looks like and I can do a, I can do a really quick demonstration. If this is the Earth, and this is oh, well, actually, Donna, just hold on a second. I'll stop the share so we can see. There oh you gosh, go. I do this because mm. I, you know, I am a visual learner myself. But if this is the if this silver thing is the ecliptic, okay, when a planet is when a planet is usually um, in an orbit, it, it it goes around the ecliptic, okay. But when mm. a planet goes outside of its normal ecliptic band that it, it follows, like if it's mm. outside of that band, that's what we're talking about when it's um, not in its bounds. Out, out of uh, out, out of, of bounds. Out okay. of bounds. So yeah. so it's 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 it's, it's this, but it, and 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 not not in its normal ecliptic, but it's. Yeah, it's it's like way up here yeah. where it normally right is somewhere in here. It's like way up here or way down there. That would mean when it's um, out yeah. of bounds. I believe it's usually about I don't know if they say degrees, but it's usually twenty three either side of the ecliptic or something. And that's not the exact, but it's let's say it's twenty three, and like that Mars at the time is going to be at twenty four. Um, degrees so yeah it's just kind of just kind of jumped out of what's the usual band that they like to travel in and yeah it's it's acting out giving it that erratic um that action that it Mm. yeah yeah so yeah all kinds of weird things just (laughs) just to keep life interesting (laughs) yeah yeah 
Yeah. So um, that was uh, for the full moon. We'll be doing or yeah, we'll be doing the new moon um, later on when when they, when it's closer to that time. In the mm -hmm. meantime, if you have a natal chart that you would like to get more information on, you can contact either Linda or I. Um, I'm willing to help you uh, get your 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 chart um, if you want to see where your planets are. And you can contact me if you would like a natal reading. Um, I also do horary and electional. Um, you can contact Do you want me. to explain what horary and electional are for the people that don't know as well? Okay. Horary would be um, like if somebody back in the back in the back in the ancient times, how it was mostly used is um, well, not mostly, but but one of the reasons it would be used is I've lost my sheep. Can you tell me where I where where they have gone? And the astrologer at that moment would would go, oh, you've asked a question, and I will take that answer, or I will take that question, and based on where the planets are at that moment. So I don't need your natal chart, okay? Mm -hmm. So based where the planets are at that moment, I can tell you where your sheep are. That's mm -hmm. the, that's the, that's how it was used back in, in the day. For electional astrology, it's, um, would be used if I, if I want to get married and I don't want any, I don't want any uh, of the malefic planets, to, you know, taking part in, in the festivities, um, how, you know, what would be a good day to do that? So, so that would be an electional or another electional is I want to start a business or I want to launch a website. You would use an electional chart to see, because based on how that electional chart, the ingredients that you put into it um, by turning it and making a fixed sign on the, on the ascendant will give you a, a longer, a longer event. Um, Baghdad was, was elected to when they were going to start putting the first stone. So that's how long it's been used. In fact, yeah. it's still standing. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's how electional mm -hmm. would, would be used. So if you are interested in a natal chart, um, um, I can help you find out where your natal chart is. If you'd like a reading, I'm, as, I'm, I can also do that as well. Okay. And Linda, how can people get a hold of you? Um, I'm at Scullywang Astrology. That's astrology.scullywang.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Um, yeah, if you want your natal chart, if you sign up for my newsletter, I have a thing that you can get a free natal chart. Uh, I send it out to you. Actually, I'm just going to show this here because when I brought this up just before, I noticed that I brought up the beginner chart. Oh, now it's going to make me a liar. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Um, and this is what I send people. It kind of helps so that you've got the name of the signs and what the a legend for what all the uh, glyphs mean, all the little symbols. And, uh, yeah, you'll be able to tell over here. If one of these is pink, you've got an out-of-bounds planet. So, and just your aspects but i've got this set for transit so that's a little bit different for um natal because you'd have more things in there 
But uh, yeah, so if you want that, you can do that. Or there's a natal chart generator. You can go in and put in your details and it will spit it out and tell you what your ascendant is uh, and all your other planets. So that's on the website. I think it's under the horoscopes tab. But yeah, I'm doing natal chart readings. I'm doing relationship readings and year ahead readings. So yeah, you can find those details on the website as well. And all they would need is their birth time and their birth place right yeah yeah right if you don't uh, have your birth time you can still use the natal chart generator there's an option to put uh, don't know the time but if you don't know your time of birth you can't be sure where the moon is and you can't be sure of the houses or your ascendants so <clears throat> so but it yeah. gives you an idea of what planets were there like the planets yeah. when they're together they do have a certain signature so you can get a lot of stuff you know red just not mm. in the house yeah and i mean you know if you don't know your time of birth i mean there's still other techniques you can use that look at like secondary progressions you know it's not going to give you as much detail and we can look at transits to it but yeah having that time of birth just makes such a difference we can see what house it's going to be in and yeah and use all sorts of other techniques. That's great. Mm -hmm. So if you found any value in this episode, please hit like and share. Mm -hmm. and or subscribe. Yes. And subscribe. And thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Bye. Yes. Thank you. Bye.